Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshop.net. Episode 1 Separate Church and State. Hello there, uh, this is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. Um, this is a re-recording of episode one um, because um, I had a really terrible microphone uh, for the very first episode of uh, this podcast and I've always promised that I'd re-record it because it's actually, uh, listening back to it, it was impossible to um actually listen to um and uh i i i i think it was uh, always in my plan uh, to re-record it um after i listened back to it the first or second time um so this is what it is um it's going to be slightly uh, there will be slight changes to the content of uh, from the first time of um recording it because although i have all the same notes um, I don't have every word written verbatim. So just with that aside, um, welcome to uh, this podcast. It's the very first podcast and uh, that's coming up after this. Hello, my name is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net um, and this is um, my first episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. Um, I am a principal. I have been a principal for 12 years and uh, I've been a teacher for almost 20 of those years. Um, I suppose I wanted to record this uh, podcast. Um, basically, I mean, I suppose the reason for it is, I mean, how many times have you ever said to yourself, well, if I were the Minister for Education, if I was the Minister for Education, I would such and such. Well, the thing is, I do. I think about this all the time. So I decided um, a, uh, a couple of years ago that I'd uh, start writing down a number of ideas I would have um, if I were the Minister for Education. And today there's almost, oh, I think there's almost 130 of those ideas. Um, so over the next number of weeks, and there's going to be a lot of number of weeks, I'll be using this podcast to delve into my ideas and try and talk them out and see if I can come to any conclusions. I'm also going to spend a bit of time discussing anything of interest in the education world uh, as, as it comes up um, during the week and I might give a few thoughts about that but generally I'll be focused on whatever the episode is so in this case um, you know we're, we'll be focusing on one particular topic and over time we'll see where things go and perhaps as comments come in uh, come in um, as I said I've had about 130 ideas but over over the time um, I'm sure more will happen uh, some people will comment and that may change my point of view. Um, I thought for the first episode we'd uh, we'd start with something uncontroversial. We'd start with something a bit light. I mean, I I, I think you know I think when you're starting uh, a podcast, you kind of have to be careful with what you uh, with what you start uh, start on, so you don't put people off uh, listening to it in the future. So I, I decided um, that I would um, do something that wasn't too bad. Um, so basically, which is um, it's it's all about the church and uh, the interesting relationship in Ireland between uh, the church and state. <laughs> so yeah uh, a very um very light subject to start us off in episode one of this podcast for those of you anyway who are listening outside of ireland if there are any of you um you might not know the context of uh, the irish education system and i just sort of mentioned as well before i even start with that and um, this uh, podcast is entirely focused on primary schools in ireland i am a primary school principal um, and i will i'm happy to say i know nothing about uh, how the second level system works um all, all i can, all i know is i can see it from a distance and uh it, they, it is a very different beast um so basically uh 
I'm talking about when I'm talking about any episode here. So in this case, separating church and state, um, I am um, entirely focused on primary level, not second level. Um, so just for those of you again outside of Ireland, 97.5% of schools in Ireland are run by religious organizations. They are patronized by religious organizations. About 90% of that of those are Catholic, so uh, almost 90% of those are Catholic. And then the other 7.5% are um, either Church of Ireland or interdenominational, um, uh, or s- sort of multi-denominational, kind of. Um, and and I'll, I'll explain that a little bit more. Um, so, um, just again, to the other two and a half percent, maybe three percent at this stage. Um, sorry, at this time of the recording, anyway, um, are not run by a particular church group. Um, just as well, so you know, there are six counties in Ireland where there is no option of a non-church-run school, and there are ten counties with only one. So, in sixteen counties in total, you will only find one school or less um, with uh, with an option. That leaves only ten counties in Ireland with more than one um, option of education, primary education, not run by, uh, 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 basically not run by the church. So, I mean, how did that happen? That's the question I want to start off with. Now, I'm not going to go into the full details um, about how that happened in this episode. I, I may do in a future episode because there's quite a bit to cover. But I would say that uh, the Dr. Thomas Walsh uh, in NUI Maynooth has done some brilliant research on this. And um, and I, it's well worth, um, I, I don't know if you ever did a podcast on it, um, there's one other education, Irish education podcast that I do know uh, exists and maybe Tom uh, Thomas Walsh has been interviewed uh, on, on it. It's called Inside Education, a really, really good podcast, very well, uh, over a decade old and still going strong. Um, but basically, um, what we need to, the, the, to, your starting point really is the Stanley Letter of 1831 when our modern education system was born. Um, and interestingly, the fact is that education in Ireland started off as non-denominational. In 1831 that's amazing i think to to think about however ireland is pretty much divided between catholics and protestants um after independence and basically schools began to fall in line with either system um so i mean effectively catholics all went to a particular school and protestants went to another to another particular school in an area and that's kind of it kind of almost um happened by not by accident or by design or sorry by it didn't even happen by it didn't happen by design it just happened by accident in a way and even stranger, though, it, well, it, that, uh, because, uh, it, you know, no one was told you had to go to a particular type of school. It just sort of was there. It actually wasn't until 1965. It's not not that long ago. 1965, certainly within um, some teachers' lifetimes even here, uh, when Patrick Hillary, um, who was um, the minister at the time, uh, it added Article 44.4 to schools under the management of different religious denominations. And basically under these rules, they declared that the state gives explicit recognition to the denominational character of primary schools. So up until 1965, the state actually didn't get involved. Although things were happening in practice, they, uh, uh, you know, the, the state didn't actually do anything and didn't actually, you know, even, um, you know, say it was say it was something you know say it was anything basically they basically but it was in 1965 they actually the state gave explicit recognition to dominational character primary schools and basically that was that, that it, it basically it took another five years then and five years later the state actually separated the curriculum from uh, into secular curriculum um, and a, a religious curriculum but religion basically and this is from there from 19, uh, 1971 Religion was to permeate the whole of the school day. So basically, between 1965 and 1971, religion really was cemented 
into um, the, so the church and state were cemented together in, in in primary education. It says it was it's known as Rule sixty eight uh, that some of you might might be familiar with. A religious spirit should inform and vivify the whole work of the school. That's Rule sixty eight. Nineteen seventy one. This is put in. Seven years later, after a lot of uh, work, educate together finally was born. Um, I'm not going to talk a lot about this, um, except for the fact that the unlikely hero in this basically was, um, um, basically the, the, the story goes a group of parents who were very dissatisfied with the uh, relationship between church and state in terms of education and didn't want that anymore, campaigned and campaigned for a multi-denominational uh, model to be born, which would not um, leave any child on the outside um, of the education system. And basically, the unlikely hero of the time was Mary O'Rourke. Um, that's a name you might not associate with Educate Together if you weren't familiar with the story of Educate Together. She was the education minister at the time that allowed Educate Together to happen. And some might say that's when all the trouble happened. Um, of course it is, and I'm delighted for it. Um, basically, uh, we'll fast forward then uh, with Educate Together being born. That uh, gave us you know, a, a few uh, multi-denominational schools, ones that were not um, basically the, the start of a church-state separation in my opinion in a way uh, but in 2010 Mary Hannafin who was a very conservative um, uh, um, Fianna Fáil um, uh, politician she um, heard uh, she was uh, as, as, as the country was becoming more and more this was moving to a more secular model. Mary Hannafin came up with the idea of the Community National School, uh, which you may have heard of by now. Um, and this was to be an interdenominational school. So basically um, Catholic, uh, Church of Ireland and Muslim and then everybody else. Uh, model and basically uh, this was that children would be divided throughout the school day depending on the religion to learn about religion and this was quite sc- I mean to me it's scandalous um, it's it, 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 to, to basically separate children during the school day according to their faith uh, totally uh, it's uh, in the face um, uh, of human rights and all this kind of stuff uh, particularly as if you weren't a Catholic Protestant or Muslim you were an other um, so it's not nice to be described as an other um, if you are an other um, and, and this was uh, seen as the solution that Mary Hannafin came along uh, called initially interdenominational but when uh, they figured out that that wasn't actually a very good name they called it multi-denominational which technically uh, wasn't a lie but effectively was interdenominational um, because faith formation was happening during the school day. The number of scandals over the years uh, before 2018 when the CNS decided that it was a bad idea to have faith formation during the school day, uh, possibly under pressure from I don't know where. Um, they say parents, I'd say society, and uh, the CNS now uh, does not have faith formation during the school day, much like Educate Together doesn't have faith formation during the school day. Um, backtracking a little bit to 2011, um, the Rory Quinn, the Minister of Education, uh, he wanted 50% of schools to um, divest away from uh, church um, run, uh, but that was watered down um, hugely um, through the pluralism and patronage um, program, uh, which uh, was disappointing, I suppose, to people like me, um, and um, effectively less than. I suppose less than 15 schools since 2011 have actually divested, um, which is less than, much less than 1% of schools. It's actually a third of a percent of schools, much less than the 50% that Rory Quinn would have wanted. Um, in the census of 2016, for the very first time, people identifying as Catholic dipped below 80%. And of those uh, from other surveys, uh, it, it, anything 
between uh, 20% and 40% would claim to practice uh, Catholicism um, and uh, that's uh, interesting by 2019 uh, 50% of marriages are less than 50% of marriages are actually in churches um, and less than 30% of people actually go to mass once a week and um, on top of all that uh, the church has um, been involved in uh, sex abuse scandals um, uh, not just in Ireland all over the world and their position of authority has been uh, also undermined um, through the various referenda that have happened in Ireland um, over the last 20-30 years um, from divorce to uh, marriage equality and most recently uh, what's known as the abortion referendum where the Catholic Church has advised um, their membership uh, to vote in a particular way and the majority, of, vast majority of the country have gone against their, their preference. But despite all that, um, and then to be fair to the church, because sometimes you have to be fair um, to, to, to the church, they don't even want to have 97% control, sorry, 90% control of, 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 of schools. Um, and they want to get rid of a load of their schools in order to support diversity because they recognize that diversity is not a negative thing. Um, over the last few years, there, there we've seen Richard Bruton in charge. He um, uh, he uh, he sort of um, uh, made things worse in a way. In my opinion, made things a little bit worse. Uh, there was a, 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 a basically a few years ago, the, a guy by the name of Paddy Monahan came along with a petition to basically uh, remove the right of schools to um, ask for a baptismal cert. Um, in order to enroll in a particular in, in in a school so for example if you wanted to go to a catholic school and there weren't enough places priority was given to catholic pupils before everybody else similarly in a church of ireland school a jewish school or muslim school those are the things so paddy monon ran a petition to basically remove that um uh, I, I i didn't particularly agree uh, with solely just removing uh, baptism for enrollment because what would actually happen when they were in the school um but anyway um uh, the, this this caught wind and uh, became a, a big topic of discussion um, all all the way um, over the last number of years, and uh, under Richard Bruton's regime, he this uh, new baptism barrier, as it was called, was removed only in Catholic schools. So at the moment, um, Church of Ireland schools and Muslim schools and Jewish schools can still refuse an enrolment based on the faith of the um, of 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 the family that are enrolling. So basically, uh, things are even more divisive now, um, basically, uh, in, in terms of enrollment into, into schools. Um, but I suppose the question needs to be asked, I mean, why shouldn't we separate church and state completely? I mean, what does a religious-run school offer that a non-religious school offers, really? Why do we even need religion in schools? What does it add to a school? And what does a religious school kind of offer? I mean, you kind of need to ask these questions. Why shouldn't we uh, separate the church from the state? And this is the question I'm really trying to answer uh, in this podcast, in this episode. So just for those of you who haven't listened to this podcast before, um, they are my own opinion, basically. I, I, I do research, obviously, into... Um, into the podcast um, and trying to uh, figure out uh, the history behind things, why things have happened in the past. But generally, the theme of my podcast will be looking at these situations um, uh, from my from my viewpoint, um, which because it's my podcast, I guess. Uh, but generally, what I'll be looking at is situations where everybody wins. I'm always looking for a, well, how does everybody win? How do we get a? How do we work in a system that not I don't get? I it's not where I get what I want. In a way, you know, I mean, 
but it's what everybody gets what they want and nobody loses out at the expense of others and that's kind of where i'm trying uh to go with uh when it comes to uh these episodes i'm trying really uh hard to do that um so i suppose back to my question why why is there a reluctance to remove a church and say rick we've already just said that uh, less than 30 percent of uh, irish catholics or people who call themselves Catholics, uh, go to Mass uh, once a week. We've seen that uh, 65% of people have rejected uh, the, church's, uh, the, the church's standing on abortion um, and rejected their, their 65% of uh, rejected their call on um, same-sex marriage. Um, in fact, you know, you see, lo- uh, you know, people are generally, I mean, I suppose it's what's known as bouncy castle Catholics, that they seem to only emerge when it comes to the uh, rites of passages, like communions and confirmations, even less weddings now. I mean, there's, as I said, less than 50% of marriages happen in Catholic churches nowadays. Um yeah, why do we have this? Why does it have this grip? Um, I mean, I suppose what I'm, uh, what it might come down to is the idea of um, the, the, what I called, or maybe I didn't call, sorry, I didn't call this, uh, is called, uh, the, uh, is the hyphenated Catholic. Actually, I did call it the hyphenated Catholic rather than the bouncy Catholic Catholic. And this comes uh, from another, from basically um, uh, a book um, I, I read by um, David Marcus, um, and he has nothing to do with Catholicism, actually. In fact, he was a Jewish uh, short story um, writer and poet, and he ran a new Irish writing, and he described himself as the hyphenated Jew. Um, he was from a Jewish background, much like myself. Uh, that's my background, uh, just for what it's worth. Um, and the idea of a hyphenated Jew was that when he described himself, he was Jewish, but there was a hyphen between the Jew and the ish. He was Jew-ish, um, insofar as culturally, he was Jewish, but in practice, he wasn't Jewish at all. He didn't believe in anything. Um, and I think um, there was a, uh, there's, there's been a number of articles about um, about this in the papers. Uh, I mean, you can look them up. Uh, Yvonne Hogan, for example, wrote a good article in uh, February 4th, 2017. I'm not going to read it because there's, there's no point where she talked basically about herself as a, as a kind of a hyphenated Catholic as such, where um, she believed, she doesn't believe in any of it. Um, but likes the idea of rites of uh, passage and stuff like that, and maybe that's enough for her. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would argue that that's all well and good for her, but what about people who don't uh, believe in Catholicism? We can't really, really have um, a system. Um, we can't really have a system which is based on, like, you know, let's have all the nice bits of Catholicism and ignore the bits that we don't that that you know Ireland doesn't agree with. I mean that's that doesn't work. You kind of have to be a Catholic school and uphold the ethos of the Catholic school, um, or you know, or not. You can't just like have. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful, I think, in a way to Catholicism. If 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 one is to, um, if one wants to have all the nice things, you have to take the bits of it that you may not uh, that you don't agree with, um. But another big problem is the, is, 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 the, is the system itself and how it's run. Because ultimately, because the, the school, all the schools are, are sort of um, patronized by religious bodies, if you look at the makeup of teachers, you can see where that's a problem. In fact, in 2018, there was a study in NUIG where 95% of trainee teachers identified in the study as Catholic. Now, they, there was no census. There was no one looking over their shoulder to make sure that they um, that they said they were Catholic. They identified as Catholic, ninety five percent. 
Now, that suggests the rest of uh, trainee teachers were not Catholic. That's 5%. Now, when you include the fact that um, uh, that there's a lot of Church of Ireland uh, uh, members who are in teaching uh, backgrounds, uh, that, that would probably be between, I don't know, 3 to 4%, I would imagine. Anyway, even if it's only 1%, it still only leaves a very small percentage of teachers who would not identify from a Christian background. And that means to me that there isn't any pressure on the system to change because generally if you believe something or you're raised in something, it becomes almost invisible to you. And I'll give you a little um, uh, kind of about my own background in a way um, about this. Um, you know, I, went, I'm, I, I came from a Jewish background and I went to a Jewish school. So, you know, to me, everything about Judaism was totally normal and um, the dietary requirements um, and all that sort of stuff. And it never, ever occurred to me when I was in school that I uh, that my school was really discriminating against um, people who weren't Jewish. And there were more of them than there were of us. Um, <laughs> it's interesting even using that language. And it was, I didn't even think about it all the way through school. I mean, all the way from junior infants all the way up to my leaving cert. I did not think about the advantages I had of being Jewish in a Jewish school than not being Jewish in a, in a Jewish school. And it never occurred to me really until we had a reunion um, a number, uh, just a short time ago, where one of my um, classmates who wasn't Jewish said, you know, basically said, you know, I always felt like a second class citizen in that school. I always knew that I was judged more harshly than a Jewish child in the school. I knew my standards had to be better than a Jewish child in the school. That if I misbehaved, um, uh, if, uh, if I misbehaved and a Jewish kid also misbehaved in a serious way, I would be the one um, getting kicked out of the school and the Jewish kid would survive because they had nowhere else to go. It was kind of like I was a guest in this uh, in this school and I was tolerated. And it was really, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing completely um, uh, what you were saying, but this was the context of it. And it really struck me. I mean, I, 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 I'd never heard anyone express it as uh, uh, to me, I've I've often expressed it to others, if you know what I mean. Like when I'm giving, if I'm giving out about the church control of schools, but I never really saw it from my from from me being that person. I was um, a Jewish person in a Jewish school, and I did nothing to, um, and I didn't see the the harm. I suppose I was doing to 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 this person who's now well into their forties um, and still remembers that that scenario that she felt like a guest and that she was tolerated in the school which you know isn't a good feeling to have so what i'm saying really is that um you know when you have 95 percent of teachers teaching in schools which are 97 percent controlled by the particular church that that are running schools it's very unlikely that they see the harm um or the if the maybe the inconvenience um, or how tolerance isn't enough. And I just thought, you know, I think, I think it's an important thing to say. And, um, and, and, and I suppose it really hits home when you, when you, when you hear it from a different perspective. Um, and that's just my own uh, that I'm sharing with you. Um, I mean, basically my opinion, look, is, um, and, and I'm sure you won't be surprised to hear this, that we should just simply separate church and state. I cannot see what having a religious ethos adds to a school except to separate children from each other along religious lines. I don't see any other reason to have this. I don't, um, 
I mean, we, we, we teach the same curriculum. I mean, I, I was taught the same curriculum in my Jewish school as you were taught in whatever school you went to. We all get the same lack of funding. My school got no more than your school. Um, and what would actually taking away actually do? If we took religion out of schools, what would it actually do? Now, we'll come back to this in a bit. And I wonder as well, why do the government seem to prefer not to do it? I, I always wonder, you know, and I, I, I think we probably know the answer to this question, but I just want to delve into why, why do the government seem not to prefer to do it? Um, and it's not just in education, but also in health. I mean, if you were to go back to, remember a couple of years ago, um, St. Vincent Hospital, they're, they're building it and they're basically going to hand it back to the nuns. So they were going to spend millions on building a hospital and then gift it to the Catholic Church. And thousands of people protested against that. But, I mean, this is happening every day. I mean, this happens in school. Every, every, almost every school in the country is funded by the, is, is given part of funding from the, from the department, from the, from you, from the government, basically your taxes. All your, all that money has been given to heat schools, to, to build schools, and then it's gifted back to the, to, to a, to a church body. Um, I just, I just don't understand it. Um, I mean, I don't really understand why they, why they, like, why they're, putting all this money in, why they don't take control of the schools um, or hospitals for that matter? I mean, is it money? I mean, they pay for everything anyway. Um, is it a mindset? I mean, that's the thing. If we look at the doll right now in 2019, it's 100% white. And only a few years ago, I mean, a, a vote was even passed to force people to stand up for a Christian prayer at the start of Doyle proceedings. I mean, we'll come back to this as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking stuff um, to me that, you know, we have a, we have a government um, we have a, we have a country where less than eighty percent of people identify as as Christian, and um, very few of those actually probably pray anyway. Yet our government, our Dáil, voted that people would stand for a Christian prayer at the start of Dáil proceedings. I, I don't know. I find that shocking. Um, but for, before I do that, I just want to look at the various arguments I've heard um, in keeping the system as it is. Okay, and I think we should probably just look at that and maybe. Um, Think about those things. So basically, the first thing I often hear is, if parents don't believe in a school's religion, why are they sending their children to a religious school in the first place? Now, I hear that all the time. I, in fact, I'm hearing it more now uh, than I was even a few years ago when there were even less uh, other options. Um, at the end of the day, 2.5% of schools, maybe 3% of schools in 2019 are not run by a church. That's not choice. Um, if you live in any of 16 counties of Ireland, so more than... Uh, two-thirds of counties in Ireland have one or zero options of non-church-run schools. There are no options. If you don't believe in a school's religion, it's very unlikely that you're going to send your kid to the school unless you have to. It's a stupid um, argument that people say. And I don't mind saying it's a stupid argument because it is stupid. Um, and, 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 and asking it just, just makes you sound even more stupid to me. So, I mean, that's the first, um, uh, the first thing I hear a lot then some people say, okay, well, oh, we can't remove religion from schools. What about choice? What about choice? You know, I, I, I'm Catholic. I, I want to send my children to a Catholic school. I, I, I just said, I don't get this argument. I mean, like, I, I, my house goes on fire. I don't look for a Jewish fire station. I don't look for an atheist fire station. Or if I'm, if I'm sick, I don't say, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, um, I, I'm Rastafarian. I, I need a Rastafarian ambulance. You know, I just get get the public service you know i don't need i, I there's nothing that um i can't see anything that a religion adds to us it doesn't give you any further dimension um 
it's not a better system. It's not even a worse system. It's just a, it's just an arbitrary thing to make you different. I, I don't see what you what do you what do you gain by choosing a Catholic school? What do you gain by choosing a, a Muslim school? What do you gain? You do, I don't I don't see what you gain. I mean, what if you're in a Rastafarian Leitrim? What choice do you have there? You don't have any choice. You've no school to go to because Leitrim has no um, equality-based schools. So don't talk about choice. There isn't choice. You can't have choice um, in, in Irish education. If everybody had a choice, you'd have to have 300 different schools in every area so everyone would have the same choice along religious lines. You can't actually... I mean, it's a silly, it's a silly thing. To, again, it's, it's this non-thinking thing where you, where you basically, you know, you, you go, oh, I must have choice, but you don't think really. You're only thinking from your own context because it suits you. Um, what, 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 when you talk about choice, you have to think about, okay, what does that mean? Okay, so if everyone is to have a choice of a religious school and of a religious school, then every single area should have a choice for every single religion and every single non. So basically, and as I said, we have nearly three hundred religions in Ireland, uh, faith groups in Ireland. Should we open Jedi schools because you know three hundred people in Ireland recognise themselves as Jedi's? So we have to have like a Jedi a Jedi school in every area just in case a Jedi comes along. And oh, it's obviously a ridiculous thing to say, but swap the word Jedi for Catholic. Really, I mean. And or any religion, you know, why should you have a choice wherever you go? It's it's an impossibility. Number one. so, if it's an impossibility for um for for one religion, you can't just you can't just uh, you know pick and choose who gets choice. Not everyone has to have a choice. Not just you. Um, so here's a question. Next question. Sorry, I'm I, I, I'm I'm going to get angrier as this goes on. Um, and maybe it'll be a theme for the podcast, or maybe I'll calm down as I get more disillusioned. Uh, who knows? This is another thing. What about minorities? You know. What about the what about the poor Church of Ireland? Like I've heard, you know, and, and someone said to me as an argument, you know, you're from a Jewish background, Simon. I'm surprised that you're in favour of Jewish of no of church state separation. Like if the Jewish school closed down, you know, Judaism would be gone in a generation because you know how else are Jews going to meet other Jews? We're not a we're not a dating agency. We're not marriage bureaus. We're schools. That's what your church is for. If you want to go to, if you want uh, to meet other other Jews, you go to a synagogue. If you want to go to meet other Muslims, go to a mosque. If you want to go to, if you want to meet other people from Church of Ireland, uh, from the Church of Ireland community, go to your chapel. Go to your church, not school. It's a bizarre argument. Um, you know, like a sure a sure way to make things worse is to ghettoize uh, people into their own schools. Yeah, let's let's set up a, a you know we have three we have two Muslim schools in Ireland right now. Um, and, and who goes to those schools? Only Muslims. And what does that do? It, again, it isolates. It, it ghettoizes. I'm not saying this is, I mean, I'm just picking on Muslims, although it's, it's the most obvious one to go with. But go to the Jewish school, for example. You know, the Jews go to Jewish schools so they don't get to see anything outside. I mean, I didn't know anything different than Judaism when I went to school because it was normal. But it wasn't normal. It wasn't normal at all in, 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 the, general, uh, in the general sphere of Irish society. So, I mean... This whole idea of, um, of, of, of protecting minorities, it doesn't protect them. It actually does the opposite of protecting them. Um, it isolates and ghettoizes them. Next, next thing I get, sure, can children opt out of faith formation? Surely you don't have to do that. You can go to the school, but surely you can't opt out. You can't opt out. I bring you back to Rule 68, that basically 
um, that religion permeates the entirety of the school day. You cannot get away from religion in a religious run school. You just can't. It's you know you just basically have to cope with it. You know you if the day starts off with a prayer, oh, so you sit there and you you know you're a four year old. You kind of go, oh, sorry, I'm I I, I don't listen. You know the amount of the amount of people I hear saying. Uh, their child, their their atheist child, has come home blessing themselves, or saying prayers, or knowing every song about Jesus in the world. You know, it's a it's a myth. You can't really opt out of religion. And this nonsense of oh, we don't provide religious instruction, we provide religious education. I mean, the, like people are bizarre. People are actually think must think people are stupid. And you know, by by you know just twisting language to make it sound better, it's it's all bizarre. It's very very bizarre. Um, but no, you can't fa- opt out of faith formation in, in, in denominational schools. It just permeates throughout the school day. There's no way to avoid it. And it's not fair to, um, to say it, 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 it's something that does happen. Um, it, it, it basically makes children, uh, if you even, and even let's say, look, even if you can opt out of religion, I, like, what do you do then? When you're opted out, you sit at the back of the room and you listen to it all going on or you stick headphones on so you're drowning out what's going on so you're the freak at the back of the classroom. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing argument. Next question. How about separating kids by religion during the day? That's what the CNS did up to years. Actually, in fairness, Educate Together used to do it in the very early days. The thing is, the reason it doesn't happen in Educate Together schools and the reason it doesn't happen in CNS, school, CNS schools anymore is because it's an impossible thing to do. You cannot do it without being uh, discriminatory. Basically, you cannot. Um, it is an impossibility to um, to uh, basically separate children into their various faith groups during the day. Um, it's um, and the reason the reason for that is because you can't cater for every religion. Same reasons why you can't have choices. Back to that choice argument, you can't just say, okay, we'll we'll provide faith formation for Jews, for Muslims, for Christians, and let's say you know I don't know Baha'i. Uh, and then everybody else you know it's it's you you'd have to provide faith formation for every single child in every single school and it's impossible to do it so let's not let's anyway i'm repeating myself um and then uh we you know you have a number of um questions uh other questions that people ask um and and again they're 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 just um bizarre to me and um you know it's some people actually say make excuses then i mean there, there, there's excuses that people make they, they would say this isn't really a religious issue this is a department of education issue you know there's not enough places this this isn't religion this there's just not enough places um for other children that's why they can't get in or whatever and and the thing is it's not true it just isn't tr- true you know and 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 and, and, and there's, it's actually it's, i'm not even going to go there because it's 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 a stupid argument um because it um because you know we know already that if you want to go to school in a non in, in a school that isn't um that that that, that isn't church run in let's say county Tipperary, one of the biggest counties in ireland there isn't one you know it is a religious issue there's hundreds of schools in, in Tipperary. none of them are, are none of them are not church run so it is a religious issue it's a city thing and here's another thing all primary schools welcome children of faith of different faiths and of none um, and it's true actually in fairness it's the first thing i'm not going to actually jump down on it's true they do all schools are actually and this isn't i'm actually i sound like i'm giving out about schools i'm not <laughs> i'm actually not giving out about schools I'm, I'm giving out about people defending the practices that schools have been forced to put in schools do welcome all children they do once they're enrolled they are absolutely welcome but the problem is during parts of the day where a child doesn't it doesn't actually have equal access to what's going on in the classroom and while no one's abusing them or being nasty to them or being horrible to them 
They're being segregated on the basis of whatever their family believe. And that can't be justified. It just can't be justified um, to, uh, to, to, to say, oh, well, that's okay then. We are nice to them. We, we, you know, and they, you say, some of them say, oh, we're being inclusive. You're not being inclusive. I mean, like, I'm not even, like, anyway, I, I may bring that up again. You're tolerant. I mean, it's, nobody wants to be tolerated, you know. Uh, people want to be included. They're not. They're tolerated. And they're accommodated at the best. Um, and that's not school's fault. I'm actually not jumping down to, uh, school's throats on this. This is actually um, a, a system uh, systems issue. And schools actually try to do the impossible. And they try to be as good as possible as they can to people of different faiths. Because they know. They must know how difficult it is for a family uh, from a different faith group to, to, to be in school on a day-to-day basis. Where religion is basically part permeates the whole school day anyway so, some other people say things like ireland's a catholic country if you were in and um, let's insert some muslim country in here you'd be told where to go with yourself hmm. yeah uh, i should do i even have to respond to that do you know no okay ireland isn't a catholic country it's a secular republic fact number one we aren't in a, in, in in some um islamic kingdom where Islam is the law. We are in Ireland, which where where it is a republic, where everyone is treated the same, and no religion is um uh, is supposed to have preferential treatment. Unlike these, uh, unlike some of these countries that people say. So, it's it's basically just pure racism to say that. Um, and you know, I'm 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 not going to swear in these podcasts. By the way, you'll be pleased here, so you can listen to them with your children. Um, but um. It's a shocking thing to say. It's it's just it, it, it's I, I don't know. I mean, if you if you find yourself saying something like that, maybe you should just stop yourself and 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 just and then realize I should never ever say that again. I am sorry. Just say I'm very sorry. I shouldn't have these thoughts. It's an awful thing to think. Um, and here here's here's just a follow up to this. You can't just come to this country and try to change our system. We're happy with it. And if you don't like it, go back to your own country. You see, you know that's you know. That's the same thing, really, isn't it? Uh, you see, there's this weird assumption that all these foreigners are coming in here to this country to try and change our lovely Catholic way of life. The thing is, I'm from this country. So if I was asked to go back to my own country, I'd be returning to Ireland. So, it, you know, it, 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 look, it's again, stupid racism and all the rest of it. Um, I, 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 you know, and then you've got, you know, Plenty of Irish families um, who have stopped um, subscribing to a particular faith. Where are they going to go? As well? I mean, why am I even talking about it? It's, it's absolutely mad. Um, and then the other, the, one of the other comments that comes up. Oh, we can't forget all the good the Catholic schools have done for this country. In fact, they were the ones to step in when the government couldn't or didn't want to run the schools. Now, I don't think anyone would debate that both Catholic and Church of Ireland churches did step in to run schools. And there's lots of reasons for this. However... Ireland was a very different country back then, and it wasn't as secularized um, as, it, as, as it was supposed to be in reality. Um, and it really has to be pointed out that these schools and these churches did untold horrific, horrific things too. And in fact, you know, you always think, you know, I always hear, you know, like these, the, you know, when people kind of say things like, um, like we can't forget all the good that such and such did. You know, it, it, it's akin to like, well, we can't forget, you know, when Mussolini was in charge of Italy, the trains ran in time. It's that kind of line of argument. So somebody, you know, horrifically abused, sexually abused children, a particular agency, uh, a particular religious, systematically abused, uh, sexually abused children. But, you know, they did step in when no one else. I mean, seriously. But anyway, I mean, we, you know, 
the, 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 but you know, look, people say it all the time. Anyway, whatever way we look at it, even if we were to forgive, um, the, 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 the I, I can't even call them sins. I mean, this is what the, what they, you know, it's amazing what language can do. Oh, we must forgive the sins of our, no, no, horrific abuse. Well, even if we, um, even if we forget and put aside the horrific abuses that these uh, churches bestowed onto the children of Ireland, and uh, and 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 they were somehow forgiven um, or forgotten or something like that, or even if they didn't do them, let's say it didn't. Do, let's let's even forget they they happened. Um, pretend that they didn't happen. We we live in a democratic country now, a secular, democratic, modern, democratic country, and we can't allow some children to be second-class citizens based on belief systems in schools. And even if one child is excluded from any part of the school day because of the faith of their families, it can't be right. It can't be correct. So that argument doesn't doesn't work. The ne- the next thing, and I hear people like David Quinn saying this, and I think uh, I have a rule in my life that if David Quinn says something, I probably feel the opposite of it. Um, so there is a demand for Catholic schools because they're good schools. Now I will be doing a future episode on good schools, episode four it will be. And the statement really annoys me is it implies that all non-Catholic schools are not good. You know, Catholic schools are good, therefore non-Catholic schools are not good. Now it does seem to stem from the fact there's a huge demand for Catholic schools in the UK for some reason. And we know what that reason is. Because, um, but, and countries differ. In Ireland, we don't have a culture of rating schools. And with 96% of schools in Ireland under Catholic patronage, even if we did have a rating system, when you have 48 times more schools than your nearest patron, you'll have 48 times more chance of landing a good school in inverted commas. And if I were a betting man, I'd definitely take those odds. But the thing about it is, Good schools, as in Catholic schools in other countries, they're minority schools, very much minority schools. And if you look up at the social makeup of these schools, there's a, um, you'll find uh, that uh, they're very middle class, they're in leafy areas, and they're not, uh, and and so on and so forth. And um, again, it's a, it's a, it's it's a fallacy, and we all know this. And you know, but we still buy into it when someone says it because it's good. It's a good way to gish gallop and say something like that, and it takes too long to um, prove it wrong. And because you probably all phased out uh, already from it. Here's the uh, last statement. I don't even know what the fuss is. I don't see any problems. So I mean, you know, what do you say to someone who says, you know, things are okay. Like, what are you moaning about? I don't see any problems. Well, ultimately, uh, I asked the same question I asked during the marriage equality debate when some people said, I don't really see any problem. You know, nothing's wrong. I mean, is inequality ever right, no matter how many people it doesn't affect? That's the question I'd ask. If we look back at the marriage equality claim, many of us voted in favour of two people of the same sex having the right to marry. And many of us voted for that, that, even though it didn't affect us personally. And I believe this is a similar issue. While the vast majority of people in Ireland feel that they are totally unaffected and negatively by denominational schools, does it make it right? That's the question I'm asking uh, myself when I'm, uh, when I'm looking at this uh, particular uh, topic. So um, there's a number, uh, so basically, I mean, there's um, a number of myths that have been, uh, that seems to have been propagated as well. Um, and I think it's important to go through some of those. For example, um, some people, I mean, uh, there's a lot of focus on Catholic schools in this episode, but uh, Church of Ireland schools are denominational schools. Some people say they're less religious than Catholic schools. That's nonsense, by the way. That's a myth. 
Um, there's also a myth out there that Gwelskorn are multi-denominational schools um, or are less religious, let's say, as well. Only 4% of Gwelskorn are multi-denominational. Uh, their patron is multi-denominational, but their, their patron allows uh, the parent body to decide what religious affiliation they have, and 96% of them are religious. Um, so that's it. Um, there's a myth that all schools are actually inclusive, and we know that they're not. Um, they can't possibly be if religion runs throughout the day. Um, and there's a myth also that the church the, the church pays for the upkeep of schools. They don't pay a cent to schools. Um, all money going to schools comes from the government, comes from your taxes. So look, moving on from that, if schools really were inclusive, you know, what, why, why don't they maybe do the following if, uh, if, they, were, if they were inclusive? As I said, 97% of Irish primary schools are under the patron of a religious body. And 92% or 93% of the, sorry, about 90% of the Catholic Church. So it means that anybody who does not identify themselves as Catholic has very little chance of getting into a school that fully respects their religious identity. So now you can get into these schools, uh, but you aren't fully respected. It's impossible. So why don't schools do the following? Like, I mean, there, there are ways. Look, I, I know schools can change the system. And I, I, I'm, I, I feel that like I'm, you know, I'm being very critical of the schools. It's not the schools, it's the system. But at the same time, schools could help a little bit. Why could they not move faith formation to the end or to the start of the school day so people could, of not that faith, could move away, secularize part of most of the day and then do your faith formation at the end or at the start of the school day? That's kind of how my, my school worked when I was uh, uh, the Jewish school. They basically did this, uh, the religious instruction uh, from 8.40 to 10.05 and from 10.05 to 3 o'clock it was a secular institution more or less. Um, but I mean, again, I, I, I'd still have little problems. It's something, it's a small token. But again, 80% of Irish primary schools have faith formation in the middle of the school day. Why is that? Um, another option is why, 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 like if you are going to have faith formation at the end of the school day or at the start of the school day, um, instead, of, instead of like, you know, there's prayers during the day, why not have faith neutral uh, reflections, you know, to, to be inclusive of everyone? They don't. They have Catholic prayers or Christian prayers during the school day. Um, you know, what about um, visits to the church? You know, do them at the start or at the end of the day. But again, no, they happen in the middle of the day. Get rid of Catholic school. What is the point of Catholic schools week? It's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like having white pride or straight pride. I mean, like when, you've, when you're when you in the vast majority, what do you need to have a Catholic schools week for? You're Catholic school week every week. Um, I, I just don't understand that. Like, there's no reason to have Catholic schools week other than to rub it in my face. Um, uh, but anyway, um, and then... So just to be mindful that normal practices can actually be offensive. But again, they don't. And um, I'm not going to go into um, a huge amount of detail about this. Um, I want to, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going out of time. Oh, no, I'm going to go into it. Sure, I can't. Let's look at Christmas because that's the big thing, isn't it? That's if you're not, a, if you're not from a Christian background. Christmas can be tricky because... You know, most people don't see it as a Christian festival anymore. And it's true that it's become much more commercialized and a secular celebration. I get it, I get it. However, most Catholic schools do try and teach the real meaning of Christmas to their pupils. So in most schools, this results in a nativity play. Now, while it's unreasonable to suggest that Catholic schools should not continue that practice, it might be worth considering that non-Catholics may not want to actually be part of it because it's a religious story. Perhaps in order to include everyone in the school, the traditional nativity play could be accompanied by something maybe that would include everyone. So you'd have your nativity play for the Catholics and then you might sing some songs or do, a, do something that's not basically, you know, solely Christian. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, there's, 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 I mean, 
there is a politician, I don't know if she's still practicing as a politician, uh, Joanna Tuffy. She cited an example of three Muslim girls taking part in a school nativity play as a shining example of how inclusive her Catholic school was. Now, we must be fine, mindful of the fact this is not inclusion. If you think that's inclusion, just, just back up for a second. Three Muslim girls were asked, were, 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 were asked to perform a Christian religious story Okay, so a non-Muslim story, right? And this was called inclusive. It's it, it's not inclusive. Um. Um. I mean, I don't know. It's it, 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 it at worst, it's forced indoctrination. And um, most most teachers want to be inclusive children from other backgrounds and feel that it's giving them a job in a religious and 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 basically giving them a job is uh, in a religious setting achieves this. So basically, you've got um teachers who think this, this this is inclusive as well so basically um during the communion ceremony they ask non-catholic children to, to have a job in the ceremony maybe to to hold something or to sing a song or something like what why, why why would you invite a non-catholic child to a catholic ceremony and make them take part and and then say it's inclusive like just think about it a little bit uh, about how that makes any sense um I mean, and the thing about it is, I mean, I'm going back to that um, Joanna Tuffy uh, story where, where she thought this is inclusive. I mean, so did, ha- so did most of the room. I sat, sat, in the, sat there baffled as this was applauded by nearly a thousand principals. And I just sat there looking at, my, looking at the person beside me, kind of going, is this actually really happening? It's, it's bizarre kind of stuff. We have to remember Ireland is not a Christian country. It's a secular republic. And we have to respect that not everybody agrees with or wants to take part in certain aspects of a school day based on the faith or their lack of it. And we have to be mindful that most families do not have any other option but to send their children to a, to a denominational school. And we must be mindful that because of our history, many religious practices are mistaken as cultural. And I've often heard people saying that these children and their families must respect our culture. But whether one likes it or not, we can't force children into religious practices because most people see it as normal and part of Irish culture. Do you know, these, these are things that we just need to be mindful of. And I don't know if we are being mindful of these things. Perhaps we are, and perhaps I'm being unfair. Um, look, it's easy. It's very, very easy to say. Uh, and, and a lot of Irish school, Catholic uh, Christian schools will say that they are inclusive. But in a survey that I, uh, that I, I, I did a, a few years ago, 85% claimed their school was, it was inclusive. But at that time, half of them had a Catholic's first policy. It's just not inclusive. And the reality is, given the makeup of teachers and school leaders, 95% are Catholic, um, Catholicism is seen as normal. You know, I mean, I'll go back to my example of being in a Jewish school. I thought it was totally normal um, that ham sandwiches weren't allowed in the school. It didn't affect me, so that's grand. Um, Zionism was taught as fact. didn't affect me. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, bizarre stuff. Um, religious iconography in my Jewish school was all Jewish. didn't affect me, so I was all right. But when I look back on it, Man, that was bizarre stuff. Totally bizarre. It's not okay. The reality is, perhaps, and through no fault of anybody else's, um, you know, the reality is that we're not inclusive. We're tolerant. Schools are tolerant and maybe accommodating at a push. But let's go back to the government because I don't actually think it's schools' fault. The government are allowing this to happen. What would actually taking religion out of schools actually do? And let's imagine a Catholic school where religion was taken out of it. Let's just Imagine your Catholic school and religion is taken out of it. So number one, there will be no prayers. Um, there will be no sacraments in the school. Um, 
RSC, for example, religious uh, and sexual education, they'd have to teach about sex outside of heterosexual uh, relationships, including same-sex partners, unmarried mothers and fathers and so on, and religious iconography removed. Now, um, I don't understand why that's, that's all it would be. That would be, that was all that, that would all be that would change. Nothing else. And I don't see that as major, really. I don't think most people care that much about that sort of stuff. But, you know, maybe, maybe you do. I mean, but try putting yourself in, in someone else's shoes. Try putting yourself in the shoes of someone who isn't a part of that faith group that you belong to. No prayers, no sacraments, um, RSC being taught. So picture yourself as the son or daughter of a same-sex couple who identify as, I don't know, Baha'i. And you go to a Catholic school and you're, 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 you're taught prayers, um, Catholic prayers. You're taught um, you have to sit through sacrament classes. Um, you are taught, you, you're basically your family are ignored because you're a same-sex couple. Um, and you're also looking at one religious iconography all the time. It's not pleasant. You know your, you know your place. Much like, the, much like my uh, former um, classmate who said, I felt like a guest in the school and I was merely tolerated. Is it unprecedented then? to have no religion in schools. Of course it isn't. We know that. For the last 40 years or more, we've had um, an option of education, a very, very small option of education uh, system that doesn't need prayers during the day, sacraments during the day, RSC uh, being taught by, to one particular model, um, or having religious iconography in school. We, we have this Educate Together and the Community National School model all have been doing this for years. Educate Together have been doing it for over 40 years. The CNS model have, have, have more or less been doing it for about 10 years. I mean, and no, no, no one is, nothing bad has happened as a result of that. You know, really, there's nothing major about this. But back again to the government. What is the real reason why they're not removing church and state? Like, there, there's a lot of pressure. It's like, I mean, they're constantly up against human rights uh, courts, uh, basically saying that they're just totally doing the wrong thing. What, what is the real reason, actually, a buffer? Are the government actually happy with the fact that they actually don't provide education in this country? They provide for education. They outsource the education system to private bodies, basically like churches. Why do they do that? Is there, is there a good reason for that? And I think we all know the reason. It, 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 the answer to that is yes. I mean, if, you, if something happens to you in a school, a really bad thing happens to you in a school, so let's say you're sexually abused um, in a school and you want to sue the government because, they are, they, because you would seem they're responsible for education in this country, aha, the buffer of actually having privately run schools by the church or, uh, or, by, other, or by other patron bodies means that the government can never be sued about, uh, when it comes to uh, taking responsibility for anything that happens in the school. The patron, uh, even the patron body isn't, isn't responsible. It's the board's management. So I think I can see why the government aren't touching this. They don't want to have responsibility for their schools. Just look at the HSE. Um, billions of payouts from the government, from the HSE, because the HSE are a government agency responsible for, um, for, for health. So the government aren't actually responsible for education. Uh, in this country, they provide money to organisations to run education, so therefore they avoid being sued. We've already discussed ownerships of buildings and that governments pay 100% of costs for their upkeep. And who cares, basically, who owns them? Um, you know, according to the government, they don't care because, again, the payoff is that they don't have any responsibility for what happens inside them. Now, maybe we do care, but it shouldn't be the reason for allowing what happens in those buildings. So, effectively, where, where I want to go to is I want to look at how separating church and state could look. 
So let's, uh, so what we would do is um, segregation during the school day. We can't do that. That's something that we just don't want that, we don't want to happen. Um, that, that, that can't possibly happen. Uh, another option is my, my own school experience, which is where, where basically um, faith formation happened at the start of the day or at the end of the day. Uh, so basically um, during the day you had others uh, using the school. So that's, that's a model as well. My own, um, Educate Together, the CNS model, they work at, in that religion, isn't done in school at all. It's done by outside of the school and not run by teachers. They're, they're the three ways, really. I mean, I would suggest there may be other ways that I don't know about, but I, they're, they're, they're the ways that are out there. And ultimately, the way I see it is just removing it altogether is um, uh, much like Educate Together in the Community National School do it. So the base of the school building is available for faith formation for people, but it isn't... Um, but it isn't done by teachers. It's not the responsibility of schools to do it. Um, churches can run their, uh, their stuff in their buildings, no problem, with their own people. But certainly it is, shouldn't be an option. Uh, it shouldn't be forced upon uh, teachers to do it during the school day. But anyway, like most things, I don't think uh, there will be a huge number of objections if overnight we pulled uh, religion out of schools. Um, you know, I, I, much like the smoking ban a number of years ago, people were giving it would were saying all the the warnings and the terrible things that would happen if it happened. But it happened, and a few days later, it was just normal. And didn't and this is less controversial. Um, yes, you probably have. A, we're killing Ireland's culture and we're killing Ireland's heritage. But we know that's nonsense. That is absolute nonsense. Um, you know, and and you know, I think. Um, I, just going back, I think I mentioned this already, but that statement that we can't forget all the good work the church did for education, and indeed we can't forget the good work. Of course we can't, um, whatever whatever other stuff happens. However, it's still not a reason to simply carry on when it causes all this division. In fact, the whole basis uh, of a number of problems in education are caused by the fact that we run our schools along religious lines. I mean, for example, you've got bus services going past local schools. I mean, children come to my school, right? Coming to my school, a lot of them travel past up to a dozen schools to get to my school because of because of religious control of schools. You've got the whole um, farce of opting out. You've got Section Twenty Nines, and um, because you don't go to your local school, you 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 have a choice. So um, and then you've got the uh, the baptism barrier, which I know is is not in place for a lot of schools at the moment anymore. But it's still it's still again uh, something that just shouldn't be there. All these problems happen because of religious religion in schools. They don't need to be there. Um, I mean, apart from my, you know, I, I have my mantra of what can we do that everybody wins? Okay, removing church and uh, removing the uh, separating church and state for me is an everybody wins mantra thing. You know, basically everyone just goes to their nearest school and religion happens outside of it. So you equalize everything, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's some people say like, you know, oh, well, you're replacing one um, system with another system. That can't be bad. That can't be a good thing. I, I always find that weird because my question is, well, what is this? Tell me about this other system. It can't be good to replace one discriminatory system with another system. And, and there's a supposition that the system will be discriminatory. Is that, how is it discriminatory? Like, you need to, people need to, people say things and they don't really, and, and, and when they're pressed on it, they, they tend not to have answers. What is it that is replacing it? It's, it's, it's very odd. But I mean, one of the other things that I do, apart from in these episodes, you'll find, sorry, because I know this uh, is going on quite a bit. Um, I have a mantra of everybody wins, but I also am really interested in simplifying the school system. We have so many variables, um, you know, when it comes to education and having all these various patron bodies 
it just divides and conquers us all. Um, you know, for example, now the baptism barrier uh, falling has made, um, has divided us further. So you've got religious schools that can't discriminate on enrollment. You've got religious schools that can discriminate on enrollment. And you have non-religious schools that can't discriminate on enrollment. So you have three different systems and it doesn't work for anybody. It just, it makes no sense. If we simply have one type of school and you went to your nearest one to your house, you solve a problem you solve you solve a lot of problems to be honest with you and if nothing else we have to have learned from the north of ireland that segregating kids according to religion doesn't work do you know this is what this is basically what what i i mean surely i mean our nearest neighbors up there who are now about to get killed with brexit you know they the one thing we've learned is if we separate children into their different religious groups it's disaster it's disaster anyway i i don't want to go on this podcast isn't a criticism of schools. I think I've said this several times. We, we you know, we all try our best. All schools, even, you know, even, even uh, denominational schools try, but all schools try their best. And they're effectively a middleman in a battle between church and state. They have, people have to keep their jobs. And I've talked to hundreds of principals over the last decade about this very situation due to, be, due to me being so outspoken. And people come to me and talk to me about it all the time. In fact, I can't go anywhere without people talking to me about this. And I found that all but a very small handful have admitted they privately agree with, with me that we have to separate church and state. But they can't say it because it will put their job at risk. I'm, I always ask the ones that are dragging their heels in to try and put themselves into the shoes of another faith and ask them what they would do if they were devout in their beliefs. I put them in the context of a parent and sometimes I get somewhere. I have had some people saying, look, I really did think about what you said, Simon. You're actually, you know, you're, you're, you're right. We, we aren't inclusive the way we are. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I do know what the solution is, but I don't know how we get to that solution. And, you know, sometimes I get somewhere with it. And, 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 and I ask, um, I, I also ask them then from a teacher's perspective as well, because sometimes you have to really think about your own perspective. If you were a, a Muslim teacher um, in a Catholic school, how do you, how would you work that? As I'm one of the only teachers in Ireland from a genuine minority, um, I'm from a Jewish background and certainly the only principal in the country, it can be very difficult to hold my emotions back when I'm discussing the topic like this. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that I've become quite angry um, as, as this, in this podcast episode um, because it actually has a direct impact on my personal life and it's really, really difficult when almost everybody else doesn't see it um, because all of it's invisible to you. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with people practicing religion. I really don't. I'm apathetic towards religion. However, it shouldn't be central to any public service, um, schools or whatever. I don't get to choose the favour of the fire service that puts out my fire, nor do I choose the type of guard that stamps my passport, and nor do I choose the religion of my driving test. I can't help feeling really upset when I hear someone claiming that denominational schools are inclusive. They're not. I'm not sure whether I get upset because I know the person saying it knows it's not true. So we get into this whole post-truth debate or this fake news, whether you know, or people just saying stuff without thinking them through. I've had people ask me why I became a teacher if I knew about the religious side of it and I mean, to be honest how do I answer that question how like I shouldn't have become a teacher because I'm not Catholic or I'm not Christian I'm not from a Christian background I mean how do you go there where do you go with that but I mean to be honest all told the biggest obstacle I believe is apathy forgetting the hyphenated Catholics the people in uh, you know basically the people in charge don't care and most people in the country don't care about 95 to 99% of teachers identify as some Christian domination, and the vast majority of TDs most certainly are the same. 
This is not a problem to the people in charge of the country or in charge of the education system. We are seeing incremental change in the diversity of families in Ireland and minority faiths and those who do not have a religion are increasing all the time. There's a real risk the pluralism and patronage model will end up creating segregated schooling systems with schools for different flavours of faiths. And do we really want our children separated from each other when they have to live in a society with each other? Are we not just sleepwalking our way into ghettoized systems and a failed multicultural society? On top of this, with half of marriages now being non-religious, it's likely the next generation of Irish pupils will be much more secularised and we are not far from reaching a natural tipping point where it will become actually embarrassing to have a denominational school system. We really need to cut the ties and it's never been more important to ensure that children of all religions learn together and learn from each other. And by continuing to keep the relationship between church and state, we risk creating an even more divided society. They are my conclusions. Look, I don't know, that is about it. I would love your feedback on this and please do go to onshaw.net to add your own thoughts to it and we can keep this conversation going. Look, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, it's the first one. It's a re-recording, as I said, at the very start. So I have done quite a few episodes since then. But at the same time, I, um, if this is the first time you've tuned into to Anshaw, um, I really, really, really do appreciate any feedback people give to me. Um, it's, uh, it's a tough topic. I, maybe I shouldn't have had my first episode on, um, on something as controversial as, uh, as church and state. But I think it's possibly one of the most important topics out there at the moment. Listen, thanks so much for listening uh, to the first episode of Onshaw.net's If I Were the Minister for Education. Um, I hope you'll join me again. Um, we'll probably talk about less controversial subjects as we go on. Um, and uh, I hope you'll uh, join me uh, every week. Um, all of our podcasts are available uh, on Onshaw.net. Um, I release one every week, every Wednesday morning. And uh, I do hope you will tune in uh, to hear some more. Thanks so much for listening. Bye bye. Thank you.